0: Welcome everyone to the very first show of the Good Energy Project. I'm Lou Connor and over the next few months I'm going to be interviewing all kinds of interesting people about how we can change our economic system to solve problems like climate change. Today, I've invited my good friend Mitzi onto the show. She's going to interview me as a way of explaining what this project is all about. Kia ora, Mitzi.
1: Kia ora, Lou, and Kia ora, koutou. Uh, Yeah, so Lou is my great friend, and I have I've I've got the privilege of walking alongside her in this project. So, um, starting with uh, this interview today. So, I'll start by introducing Lou. Uh, She grew up in Pornake, Wellington, in a family of philosophers. And when she was 15, she had a dream of starting a renaissance that would start in New Zealand and spread all around the world, reuniting science and arts and spirituality. She went on to study physics and maths with Sir Paul Callaghan and was inspired by his, his vision for Aotearoa, that we could become known for our creativity and innovation and environmental best practice, rather than just for farming and tourism. She won a scholarship to do her master's at Imperial College in London in science communication and has worked for the last 20 years as a science communicator, helping scientists translate complex topics like quantum physics and nanotechnology into language we can all understand. When she came back into, in, back to New Zealand in 2009, she was awarded the inaugural Prime Minister's Prize in Science Communication. And since then, she's been working with all kinds of organisations to help them connect important specialist knowledge, with real world needs, so Lou. Hello. Um, hi. Hi. Um, so, so yeah, in starting our interview, it feels nice to start at the beginning. And um, and my question is, what what was it that energised you, speaking of, of good energy, when when you were a child?
0: Um, well, I had a little bit of a strange childhood in that my family belonged to this organisation called the School of Philosophy. And so I went along to my first philosophy class when I was four years old with my brother and we sat cross-legged around our family friend, Uncle Norman, who was a lovely carpenter. And um, I remember he used to tell us stories from spiritual traditions around the world. And I remember one thing that really kind of entranced and and um, enchanted me was this idea that there's this spirit that is... In everyone and everything in the universe, and that if you can sort of look beneath the surface, you can find that spirit that connects us. And there mm. just seemed to be something magical about that 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 um, that I loved. Mm. And I I guess the other thing I loved was um, climbing trees and going on adventures. I remember I l- I loved to climb to the top of a tree and just get a good view of everything.
1: Mm. Okay, and and you talked about having this dream of starting a renaissance when you were little, which seems like quite a broad view of things. Um, How did that come about? Do you want to speak about that a little bit more? Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I think it was when I was about 14 or 15, I learned about the Italian Renaissance. And um, there was something about uh, that period of time where there were scientists and artists and and also they were learning they were like uncovering spiritual texts from Egypt and different places in the world, and it just seemed like people back then were exploring in a quite a general way. and um, And I was also wanted to be an artist when I grew up, and I was very proud that I shared a birthday with Leonardo da Vinci. I used to call myself Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. And um, yeah. I guess when I got to school, it was a bit of a shock for me because I tried to write about these things that inspired me, but I tended to get bad marks. And I was interested in art and science and history, but uh, there was no opportunity to connect them or to um, kind of explore. It felt like it was a bit of a box-ticking exercise, Mm -hmm. and that, that felt like it kind of squashed something in me. And so I remember kind of lying on the roof of our house at night, looking up at the stars and dreaming of this renaissance that would change the culture and make this exploration possible.
1: Mm. And and how does that experience relate to this project, the Good Energy Project?
0: Well, it's definitely part of the quest to start a renaissance, the Good Energy Project. Mm. I think um, it's all about looking for ways that we can live better and more in harmony with the planet and each other. I, th- I I think it was yeah it was I was quite young when I realized there's something about our culture that doesn't resonate with me and like I mentioned my experience at school and um and when I got when I left school and got older i've I've had all these attempts to try and like create environments that feel better and that can that can invite people into them where we can um connect more and and connect more with the with the wilderness and and nature and each other and for example I've like started shared flats and I I did this thing for a while called Not Church which was a community gathering that that I held in my garage it was non-religious but um I guess in the last few years I've been feeling really despondent it felt like a lot of my efforts just in the end fizzled out even though they were good as they happened and um And I think I was a few years ago, probably like a year ago, I was working full time and I was just feeling quite stressed about life and work. And also COVID was making it hard to connect with people. And I I, I was kind of losing hope. And um, that's just when this opportunity came up to uh, work with the Quattro Trust on this project. And it's been a bit of a lifesaver. I guess the premise of the of the Good Energy Project is that there's, that our economic system is creating this environment that we live in and and our current system is making it hard for 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 us to put energy into the planet and people. And I like this analogy of a pool table. Like it's like we're all trying to play pool, but the table is tilted and so it makes it like really easy to do stuff like um, dig things up from the earth and produce more stuff because that, that pays within our system. But uh, but um, if you're trying to restore a forest or create community, it's like trying to push a ball uphill and get it into a hole. It's it's just really difficult. It doesn't pay. And, um, yeah, there's this saying that goes, the environment is stronger than our will, and I think there's something quite wise about that. And it's also coming through in, in behavioural psychology that, like, if something is accessible and easy to do and enjoyable, then then we'll do it. And I, I believe that, that generally people want to do something about climate change and we want to do something good, but it's just about making that possible and making it easy. So um, I think this project is about exploring, like, what kind of economic environment would make that easy and enjoyable and and um, and exploring the different pathways to doing that
1: mm. so so you're really talking about the sort of economic forces that drive um, that drive the, the the culture that we live in and so what inspired you to get into into economics as a as a science communicator
0: yeah it was quite a leap i guess but Um, because initially I found economics really boring and I suppose it had this, I just thought it was about money and business, which I wasn't really interested in. And and like, I'd studied physics in the first place because I wanted to understand how the world works and it did kind of answer questions in a physical sense. But uh, in the last few years, I've had this kind of eureka realisation that it's economics that really defines our experience of the world. Like... It, it dictates who's, who's poor and who's rich, like how our societies function and how cities are created and, and how they fall. And I think, I think the, around the moment where I kind of had this eureka realisation about economics was, I remember watching a, a documentary about the, um the neoliberal reforms that were introduced in New Zealand in the 1980s and um there was something about learning about how these reforms that economic reforms were made how they'd completely changed, shifted the nature of society and the culture in this country and that had a big impact on me
1: mm. and what about this link to climate change how why are you focusing on 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 that
0: oh well um i suppose um climate change like feels like this ultimate coming-of-age moment, I think. Uh, like, it's this, for humanity, it feels like it's, it's the planet speaking back and saying we can't keep going with this self-centred approach. We, we need to change in order to survive. And I think when I first, like, when climate change first entered my consciousness about 15 years ago, um, it really moved me and I saw some hope in that, that we might be able to, to change and um and when I came back to New Zealand and was awarded the Prime Minister's Prize I I wanted to use that opportunity to do something to help and uh but in the end I I I, after doing some research and trying to figure out what my role could be and how I could help I I actually just I got really overwhelmed and confused and then and then burnt out with it and um mm. and in the end i I sort of refocused onto things that I felt I could have some impact or control with, and it hasn't been it's really only now that I feel ready to look at it again uh so I think I don't think we like as humans, we're like all that good at facing up to like grief and panic and 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 being so deeply challenged as climate change does. But there's something about looking at climate change through the lens of economics that I actually find more hopeful. Hmm. That's interesting. Can you explain that? Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah, the the reason why I find it hopeful is because I really believe we can change it Um. But like for for a lot of my life, I felt like I'm sort of fighting this invisible force, and and I felt powerless because of that, and that's why learning about rod genomics was such a such an epiphany because I I learned about how um, how underlying this economic system that we're living in is this idea that humans are these competitive individuals that have endless appetites and. And that that is threaded through our education system and our um, the way that our government departments are run and our health system. Yeah. And it's just when I learned about that, I kind of recognised that that culture and that energy and I was like, that's what I've been in. And there was something so empowering about kind of seeing what you're up against. And so I've, I feel like it's really important that we understand economics and... Um, And, yeah, that just knowing about it feels empowering. And then um, I I know that there's a lot of power and investment in the current system, but there's something about just seeing it afresh as if I was sort of like an alien coming to this planet and looking at how things work. It makes me realise, like, well, humans created that system. It was just a few hundred years ago where a bunch of guys, like, put in place uh, the system that we've got now and, and people have been tinkering with it since then. But if we created it, we really can change it and I, I think we need to create space for imagining something different and, and sort of like tilting that pool table so that it, so that it's much easier to look after the each other and the planet because those are the things that we, um, we're going to need to survive. Mm. I guess, oh, I was just, the, the I guess... Sorry, keep yeah, going. <laughs> the other thing is that, because um, coming from the perspective of science, like, um, you know, something like the the law of gravity or the speed of light, those are things that are kind of written into the fabric of the universe. But economics really isn't. It's not, like, it's the way that we share our resources and it's the way that we interact with each other. And there's nothing telling us that we have to do that in a certain way, apart from a huge amount of habit and structure and and um, the existing powers. But really, mm. we, when it comes down to it, we really can choose to do that in another way. And that gives me hope.
1: Mm. Cool. I and mean, that is hopeful. And and so I guess the Good Energy Project is... is is addressing that, but how? How is the Good Energy Project addressing that?
0: What's the plan? Um, well, the plan is to do a bunch of podcasts and and interview people. Um, I, I I reckon that the answers are already out there. Uh, there's someone told me a, a saying the other day that the future already exists. It's just not well spread out. So I kind mm. of I. I think that there are loads of people out there working to change the economic system in big and small ways. Um, I think one of the problems is the way economics is communicated, and it's very similar to the way that science or physics is communicated. It's dry and complex and boring, and I think this is actually profoundly problematic because it makes people feel like they can't understand it or, or that they're not meant to know about it, and um i want to change that to i want to um to um break down the the ideas and and express them in simple clear ways that really makes them accessible uh, so that's one thing i want to do and uh another another problem i see is that people the people in groups who are trying to change the economic system and also people that are trying to heal the 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 earth and um, our communities. There's so many people and groups doing working so hard, but I but I think there's a lack of coordination and consistency, but in in that whole movement. Um, and um, and the there's lots of ideas and pathways, but I, I want to try and understand and connect these different different sort of ideas for change mm. um for example there's there's people that feel like the system needs like a complete revamp and i've talked to people that are that are interested in setting up alternative currencies and who think that the money system is broken and then there are mm. other people that think that the best thing we can do is invest our money in in um in ethical businesses and that's the best impact that we can have and so yeah, I, I want to see if I can make sense and connect these different ideas and kind of, like, move beyond big slogans and black-and-white thinking to to find some nuanced arguments and practical ideas that could actually work. And um, Yeah. And another problem... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> keep on, if you don't... Go for it. Yeah. Uh, the, I guess another problem I see is that, like, Well, this is a problem I've had is just I just feel overwhelmed by bad news and and the feeling of futility with climate change and other environmental issues. And um, I just think we won't get anywhere unless we can find the space and time to imagine what we want, because otherwise we'll just get swept over by what we don't want. And so what I want to do through my interviews is to create a space and invite people to share their big dreams and visions and Mm. hoping that that will provide some hope and inspiration that kind of can be a bit of a guiding light. And I guess like ultimately I'm on this mission to find something common that we can all gather around that incorporates our differences and um, something that makes sense of how the different approaches relate to each other and Ways that we could support each other rather than dismissing each other. Mm. So that's the oh, it's general idea, um,
1: but that's the gist of it. And so you're going to be talking to a whole lot of different people and different like, kind of searching for that what is what what weaves those together. But but you're going to be talking to lots of different people about different ideas. I wonder yeah. what are there some main topics that you um, plan to explore.
0: Yeah, well I've got some starters and um, next week, or actually later this week, I'm going to be exploring the food system and reimagining how economic incentives could work to enable cheaper, healthier food that restores the soil and also is carbon negative and um, encourages more community. So that's an exciting place to start. Um other things I'm keen to explore are the con- concept of degrowth and what it actually means for us that when that um, fossil fuels are becoming more and more expensive. I just want to get to the bottom of what what is actually still possible for us and how do we what visions do we have that that um are within that scope. Um and some other other things I'm keen to explore some more are. Alternative currencies and um, how we could use cooperatives and commons, um, ethical investment, and the universal basic income are other things I'd like to explore. And I'm also super curious about um, the Maori economy and uh, whether what economic ideas and systems are emerging from iwi business and investment, um, and because I, I am I'm, I'm really interested in in and what kind of economic ideas and systems can come from a different and indigenous worldview. Um, Yeah, oh, one more thing that I'm keen to explore is that career pathways, like if you're young and you want to put your energy into um, healing the planet and and our communities, then how can you earn a living without burning out while contributing to change? And how can we take the pressure off people? So yeah, there's there's some of the questions I want to explore. I don't know if I'll get to all of them, but I'll do my best. Mm, well,
1: there's a lot of interesting stuff there, Lou. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it takes you and what you and what you discover along the way. Mm. Um, so, is there anything else we need to know about the show? How do we find out more?
0: Oh, will we hear you? I just did, I just wanted to say a l- little bit about why it's called the Good Energy Project Um, because it might seem like a bit of a random name. Um, Shall I do that? Does it? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to mention how, like, from the beginning of this project, energy has been this key idea that's come out. And um, one of my, like, first realizations when I was doing the early research for this project was discovering how essential energy is to the economy and kind of um I had this epiphany that absolutely everything we do requires energy like even blinking an eyelid requires energy and everything in the economy requires energy to do Um, so we we have this we have this um currency that we use which is money but in a way, a more um, appropriate currency for the economy could be energy because it's actually what's you can you can do something without money. You can't do anything without energy. So in a way, it's a currency that that takes account of the planet and it takes account of people more. So, and um, yeah, so one thing I want to do is kind of look at the economics through the lens of energy. And this also resonates with my background in physics because everything in physics is kind of about energy, and in physics you get it with any system or any machine or whatever it needs energy coming in to to make it run and then it it, it delivers energy to something else so you you anything everything in physics requires energy and so I've been kind of looking at the economy and also our lives as energy equations with energy coming in and energy going out so yeah that's that's how the good energy project had got its name I guess and also I think it it acknowledges that this kind of sense that we feel economics like like I was saying how I I kind of felt the vibe of the neoliberal rod climate that I grew up in I think Um, economics is not just an intellectual thing, it's something that we live in and we feel it. So I wanted to sort of nod to that um, Mm. energy side of things and and with the Good Energy Project, I hope to contribute to bringing about more good energy that we can live in. Mm. Ultimately, actually, I want to figure out what to do with my own life and um, hopefully that can help people Hopefully that can help m- more people figure out what we can do. Mm.
1: Mm. Cool, cool! And so, how do we? How do we hear
0: you? Do you want to tell us about how do we? Where do we tune in? Oh yeah. Well, um, if you're in New Zealand or Aotearoa, uh, the you can listen on the radio. It's um, Radio Wellington Access Radio, which is one oh six point one FM, and the first show will be this Sunday the 14th starting at 7pm and it goes till 8pm. And uh, that, will be, that will be broadcast uh, every two weeks on a Sunday evening. Uh, but the, the other way to uh, follow the project is by going to thegoodenergyproject.substack.com and that's my blog and um, you can access the podcast there too and that's a, a cool platform because you get an email directly to your inbox whenever anything happens. So it's a really good way to stay engaged. And I would love to hear from you or uh if you if you're interested and have any ideas or comments, I'd love to hear from you. And you can do that via the Substack app. So that's the com. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Thank you. Lou. Thank you, Mitzi. I look forward You're to um, look forward to this journey, and hopefully, some of you will come and join join me.
1: Mm. Yeah, we look
0: forward to tuning into the show. Good energy starts this Sunday, seven till eight p.m. broadcast. Every two weeks here on Wellington Access Radio, one oh six
1: (laughs) point one FM.